Stop. Commercial time. Hey, friends. So do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year? Our year to be selfish? The year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together. Y'all remember that? Well, I decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market. Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest. (laughs) And I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called the Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step by step through our stock market investing journey. We need this, friends. Well, if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it, click the link in my show notes to access the Building Bread Investor's Toolkit. And if you use the link in the notes, you'll also get a special sugar-free discount. Y'all know I'm going to take care of you, friends, right? Good. Now back to the show. But for me, when I realized that stress was connected really to every aspect of my health, So my Mm. physical health was a mess. My sleep Mm. was a mess. My eating was a mess. (laughs) I was like, oh, stress? Stress caused all this. Burnout caused all this. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. How you like your tea? Up in here, we like it sugar-free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar-free, yeah. Now tell me, girl. Me, girl. How you like your tea? How you like your tea? You know it's sugar-free, yeah. Hey friends, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Even if you're not listening in the morning, good morning. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. It has been a week, friends. Ooh, it has been a week. There's so much going on, so much movement and shaking going on in my life right now. Your girl is tired. Okay, so we are like what in the fifth or sixth week of the year, and so we're about five to six weeks removed from our last real vacation over the holidays, and just enough time has passed for the stress to start seeping in and for us to potentially be heading back towards burnout. And that is why today we are talking about how to stop making yourself miserable and how to overcome burnout, right? Like this is the perfect time. Timing couldn't get any better because I know I'm not the only one who's tired. I know I'm not the only one who's about to be creeping back into those bad habits that we said we was going to leave in 2021. And so this is just our reminder, right? To relate, relax, release, and rejuvenate. Yes. Can I tell y'all a quick secret, friends? Listen, y'all. Towards the end of 2021, I was way past burnout. And I was right at burnt to a crisp okay right at burnt to a crisp and some things that I've learned as I was attempting to recover from my own experience with burnout was that burnout is not just our fault I'm gonna say that again burnout is not just our fault and I say that because I have learned that burnout is also a symptom of hustle culture. It's also a symptom of poor leadership. It's also a symptom of poor management because there are ways to function in very high power jobs and situations and not get burnt out. 
We, yes, have to do better at setting our own boundaries, but we also have to look for work environments and cultures that support mental health, wellness, rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation. That is what I learned. And so I just wanted to throw that out there real quick before we get into this episode. Yes, are y'all ready to get into this episode? So this week we are joined at the Tea Party by mental health professional, wellness and burnout coach, Miss Tiffany Alberry, MPH. Yes, put them initials behind your name, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Tiffany. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Yes. Hello. Hello. First of all, thank you so much for welcoming me to your podcast home. My name is Tiffany Albury. I am a dedicated public health professional with 10 years experience of working in the healthcare field. Uh, I'm also a health and wellness coach and I specialize in stress management and burnout recovery. So that's just a little bit about me. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you got into specializing specifically in burnout recovery. And are you full? You packed? Is it a lot of people? (laughs) A lot of people (laughs) suffering? (laughs) There are a lot of people. Yes. But before the pandemic is when I actually went through my own personal bout with burnout, my own fight. So at the end of 2018, I realized that something was happening more than just stress in my life. I was like, this is not normal stress. So, you know, I went to the Googles and (laughs) (laughs) I did some research and I was just putting in all the different types of like symptoms I was having, the thoughts I was feeling. And from that, I was led to burnout. I was like, oh, this is specifically it. Let me do some more research in what I have to do personally Uh, to recover and, you know, fight my way through this. So with the help of learning how to recover, with the help of uh, therapists, my own personal coach as well, now four years later, I can happily say that I now have recovered from burnout and I do know what it takes to go through that recovery process. So that's how Mm -hmm. I was led to burnout. I was a health and wellness coach first, so really focusing on the overall holistic side of health and wellness physical activity, sleep, nutrition, you know, the typical things that people may see out there. But for me, when I realized that stress was connected really to every aspect of my health, so my Mm. physical health was a mess, my sleep Mm. was a mess, my eating was a mess. (laughs) I was like, oh, stress? (laughs) Stress caused all this. Burnout caused all this. So Mm. I really wanted to um, help people realize that sometimes you may not just need to change your practices, but you need to change your stress management tools and techniques. Oh, I love that. I love mm-hmm. we we gonna get all the way into it today yes. because <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. And I always like for people to give us the robust introduction because I want my listeners to feel like they're in good hands. And I feel mm-hmm. like we are we got all states today. We are in amazing hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that burnout is probably something that a lot of millennials probably experience and suffer from, but just don't really know how to identify it. Like how you said you had to go to Google and don't worry, we're going to get deeper into your story because you gave us real surface. You know, I'm going to ask <laughs> later, but we'll get to that later after we get through our definitions and level setting. But I yeah. feel like a lot of people are experiencing it. And so I read a article recently that described this millennial and it's always millennials like Mm -hmm. nobody else can get burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) It's always us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we can get it the most. Well, and so that's what I was looking at in the article. The article was explaining that we get burnout the most because our upbringing kind of made it inevitable and so the the book talks about how our generation has been trained tailored primed and optimized for the workplace in preparation for this anticipated competition that we would face when we got here because I guess historically you know if you showed up to a job and you had a diploma a college degree especially a graduate degree you were pretty much heads and tails above the rest but Mm -hmm. since 
the government, our parents and everyone else has convinced pretty much everybody that going to college is the way to a happy, fruitful life. Everybody's trying to go. So a degree isn't enough anymore. Right. And so our parents had to try to groom us from very young ages to be productive in efforts to compete. And the article explained that that is why this particular affliction affects so many millennials, because basically we've been working hard since kindergarten. Absolutely. All, all facts. Yes. You know, we, we were told, you know, like you said, you have to go to college, you have to get a good job. You have to, have to, have to. If you're not working, what are you doing? You're lazy. If you're not going the traditional route of work, what are you doing? You're crazy, right? You're just not um, fitting into their box or their uh, foresight for what they wanted to have happen in your own life. And so now we're leading (laughs) our own lives following um, the instructions of our parents. And yes, of course, you know, they wanted us to do great and be great. But at what expense now, if we look at, you know, our generation, our group of individuals and our people in the workforce, we're realizing we're putting in all this effort, like you said, since kindergarten to be top of the top, not to mention, you know, as black women, of course, that that extra layer of, you know, showing up that we have to do. And so when that pressure is put on us, we eventually fall into that realm of burnout. Mm. Mm, that was such a good play girl this, ooh, this is gonna be such a good interview like I'm, I'm I'm so ready I feel like that just blessed my spirit because I feel like I can relate to that on so many levels so before we get too far into the discussion everybody knows that I like to start the episode with a little bit of level setting so we had a little research now we need some definitions like mm-hmm. what is burnout yes simple so mm. the official definition of burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And so in burnout, there are three dimensions. So you can have feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Uh, It can be an increased mental distance from your job, something very negative surrounding your job. And then the third one is actually a reduced um, professional uh, output. So your work performance Mm -hmm. is actually declining. So burnout actually is related to officially an uh, occupational context. Um, and they really state that it shouldn't be other areas of our lives, but a lot of burnout coaches and also therapists have realized that it actually does expand well outside of the workplace. But if we're talking technical, it is an occupational uh, condition. Mm, that was such a good, a good definition. So to help us get an even better understanding of exactly what burnout is, mm-hmm. how do we, or how do you as a professional, cause I'm relying on you hundred percent today. <laughs> this is totally outside of my wheelhouse. How do we like distinguish burnout from regular stress? Okay. So that's a great question because it can very easily overlap. So stress usually caused by a specific event or circumstance or, you know, a period of time. So let's say, for instance, you have a really big project at work and you need to get it done by a specific deadline and you're just under really intense stress and pressure. That is where you can start seeing possible symptoms of uh, burnout. However, The difference with burnout is that if you have prolonged stress over, um, you know, several months or years uh, experiencing those symptoms. So if you have what they call chronic stress, so it's just repeated Mm -hmm. habits of um, or repeated instances of stress back to back to back with really no break in kind of replenishing yourself. Mm. So can you can you have these? repeated instances of stress back to back to back and not be burnt out. I ask that because certain professions <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. asking for me at this point. And so my <laughs> guests know, like I'm, I'm really here for me. And then if they get something great, so, <laughs> so, 
So as an attorney, and I know like especially healthcare workers now with the pandemic, especially going on into its third year, have been experiencing repeated stress, teachers, you know, a lot of professions. And I know for myself as an attorney presently, but also historically has been seen as a very high stress high pressure profession. And I know from my personal experience, it is, I, I, I remember I have alopecia and I went to the doctor and I was like, what can we do about this? Cause my hair is falling out. And she was like, well, maybe you can reduce your stress. I was like, girl, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. Like, that's not an option. What's plan B? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I guess plan B is a head wrap and some cute earrings because like, that's just not an option for me. And mm-hmm. so I asked this question, which is, can you be in a prolonged or perpetual state of stress and not get burnt out because maybe I guess you're just kind of used to it or the work that you're doing is enjoyable. I don't know. And and you just don't get stressed out or will this repeated instance of stress on a continuous basis inevitably lead to burnout? So yes, definitely to your last question. So if there is no break in what we call uh, the stress cycle, like if you don't take a break at the end of, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, or if you've had a very stressful week and you don't take the time throughout the week and also at the end of the week to kind of recharge and refuel yourself, then you're just going to go into another stress cycle within the following week. What can happen is um, for those who are in um, professions such as healthcare workers, teachers, lawyers, where you have those high level of stress environments and circumstances, what I like to teach and focus on is really how to manage yourself within those environments. So when you know that there is something stressful coming up and you know that something stressful is going to happen, now you know how to manage and prepare well enough before, during, and after in order to prevent you from getting into that burnout cycle or into that burnout mode. So there is a there is a way to do it. It just takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of intentionality uh, with your practices. And however, if your environment is so toxic and seeps within into your life so much, then that's when we talk about, okay, reevaluating, is this really where I need to be right now? So mm. you can experience stress continuously if you know how to manage it properly and if you can prevent burnout from happening. However, if you aren't aware of the stress that's happening and that it's actually affecting your life like you said it just becomes a natural part of your life a lot of people think that hence the reason why it just leads into burnout and that's why they lead into further you know physical ailments and mental ailments and so it just continues to deteriorate their body overall Ooh, i have so mm-hmm. many follow-up questions i'm trying to like <laughs> <laughs> girl i'm trying not to lose them in my mind because i'm i i'm trying to Ooh, make sure that I can get all these questions answered and not forget. Mm-hmm. So the first question that popped up in my mind, based on what you said, and we may have to go back again to make sure yeah. we can get the, to the rest of them. So you said that stress pro- for a prolonged period can be managed if you prepare. What what kind of preparations do you undertake to prepare yourself for prolonged stress? Yeah, so I always talk about uh, stress management and prevention, meaning if you know how to manage your time wisely, if you know how to manage uh, your schedules and what's going on properly, making sure that you understand what boundaries need to be set day to day or week to week, Um, understanding how you may go through the process of a day in setting meetings. It's really a lot about how to manage yourself within a time schedule and what boundaries you have to set up appropriately in order to prevent any type of stress issues. Also, what can you include uh, as far as what are you eating to make sure that you are not uh, hyperactive or staying up late at night, i.e. drinking coffee past you know a certain time? Uh, what do you need to make sure that you're staying hydrated uh, for throughout the day to make sure there's no brain fog or loss of concentration? So there's different techniques and different things throughout the day, as well as just overall that you can do to help manage and prevent 
that stress uh, from taking over. I feel attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> I feel so attacked. I don't drink coffee, but I feel like I knew that I had moved from a state past normal stress when I had that brain fog that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Like I literally felt like every day was trying to walk through quicksand Yeah, every single day mentally. And I feel like that's something that's difficult as a lawyer, because I feel like what most people don't understand about what makes being a lawyer so difficult is that it requires a lot of mental energy. Mm. And like in order for me to be on my game and to sit in a negotiation and like not miss something, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or to be reviewing an agreement and not just totally skate by something that's really important. um, I have to be a hundred percent. And I would like just be sitting at my desk, like reading the same line (laughs) for like 10 minutes or like reviewing a, a contract I had maybe reviewed before and just was reviewing my work. And I was like, Oh, you were so good. 10 weeks ago, girl, <laughs> you got all this stuff. Like you right. were on point. And I'm just <laughs> like, at my own work, like, Oh Lord, you know, like that, but that's literally like when I felt like I realized where I was at was not a good place. And so in that same vein, what are some symptoms of burnout? Like, how do we identify when our stress has gone from manageable to unmanageable, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely what you've mentioned, that loss of concentration is is key. Um, really, when the stress starts seeping into your body physically. So you're feeling more tired, you're feeling more fatigued. And I'm not just talking, you know, it's been a long day, I need to go take a nap. Like you are struggling to get up in the morning, you're struggling to stay uh, energized throughout the day, even if you drink something to give you a little boost. Uh, And you're struggling to even go to bed at night because your body is so tired, but it's not ready to go to sleep because you're thinking about so much all of the work that you got to do. You may also have headaches migraines, aches, pains. Um, You might be very dehydrated. Uh, You might also go into feelings of emotions that relate to like hopelessness, despair, nothing's gonna turn around, uh, the anxiety, the worrying, Um, trouble with memory, like we mentioned, that can also seep into like poor job performance. Uh, You might be crying all the time and you don't know why, because that was me. I would go in my car and I would sit in my car at the end of the day and just burst out in tears. And I did not know why. So you would have all of these emotional, physical, uh, and mental symptoms and signs that show up that you really can't pinpoint to any one thing except maybe uh, the situation that you're in. So whether that be a job, whether that be um, a family issue, whether that be a parental issue or relationship. So yeah, that it can show up in many different ways. Mm, I'm so sorry that you had were crying every day. Yeah, I'm almost. <laughs> that breaks my heart. Like I said, mm-hmm. we we gonna get into your story because I I need specific examples. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, I still have a couple more questions about identifying burnout because I feel like. That's super important, especially because my mom always thinks that we over exaggeration. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Lay Mm -hmm. down. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's like real. And so I feel like it's important for us to really get into how we can identify because somebody out there is probably mischaracterizing something else that's really burnout. And so one thing that you said that stuck out to me was Um, like being in a depressive state and like maybe not being positive. And so those things I think can kind of overlap with symptoms of depression. And so I know you kind of told us the difference between being stressed out and burnout, but is there some kind of recognizable difference between being depressed and burnt out? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do want to preface it with I am a coach and not a therapist, so I would okay. definitely um, okay. consult a therapist. <laughs> However, I do still have to talk about this often because a lot of people do overlap it. Um, and mm -hmm. I do definitely encourage my clients that I work with to see a therapist if they are feeling any uh, bouts or signs of depression. And so with depression, if you feel that when you are leaving work or if you're leaving a certain situation and you still feel that sense of hopelessness and that nothing really can reinvigorate you, nothing can really get you excited again, um, that might be leaning more towards the depressive side. So you're pulling away from people, you're being more isolated, um, you might have irritable moments that are connected not necessarily to that specific work environment, but just you just have an overall uh, angry feeling. Um, you're feeling sad most of the time. Like I said, if you once enjoyed going to a dance class or taking a walk and that kind of gave you a little boost of, of something, right? Like a little spark. Um, but now that spark is not there anymore, no matter how many times you try to do it, then that might have uh, that might show you that you've now shifted into a more depressive state. And if you mm -hmm. are feeling in that uh, state, then I would definitely recommend uh, going to talk to a therapist. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. depression is kind of like a dark hole that you just can't seem to climb out of versus burnout. Like there are some things that kind of still get your juices flowing. Like you're, you're still, you're still happy when you burn yeah. down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can still you can still uh, connect to something that actually brings you joy or life or love. Um, you have a support system that you can go to and you actually want to be with them. Uh, so, yeah, burnout actually allows you to have a pathway out. Not that not saying that depression you can't, but depression, you'd probably have to do a little bit more work to dig deeper to kind of get out, like you said, that dark hole in that dark space. Mm. OK, that, that's a good kind of, you know, so so what are the negative impacts long term of leaving burnout unaddressed? Like if if I'm not really depressed, um, you know, whatever, can I just keep being burnt out? Or eventually, is there some kind of really negative impact? Yeah, so eventually, you will probably be led into depression. You know, uh, mm. studies show that after experiencing long terms of burnout, people are more likely to experience uh, other mental health issues, including depression, including anxiety, uh, it could really mess up your sleep habits, eating habits. Uh, you may no longer want to be physically active, uh, which also can lead and tie into, you know, the heart disease issues, the diabetes issues, uh, more of those uh, possibly preventative healthcare measures. So if you're able to prevent them from happening by doing the things that I spoke about earlier, that is best. But long term, you are probably going to be led into more of those uh, heart issues, even gut issues. A lot of people who mm -hmm. struggle with stress uh, also is dealing with, you know, IBS. So um, they may what is have... what can you define or tell us what IBS is? Oh, yes, it's in, in irritable bowel syndrome. So uh, you don't really have a great digestive health uh, setup. Set anymore because you know you're so stressed and so those are some of the long-term outcomes when you go from stress and then you don't stop the stress you go to burnout you don't stop the burnout and then it might end up with some more physical issues Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. girl <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i've experienced way too many of these symptoms <laughs> Yeah, you know, many of us have, unfortunately. Yeah, like like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, it's for me personally. So growing up, I played golf competitively and then I also sang competitively. And so we were always busy, like always on the go, traveling for competitions, what have you going to school full time, had to be a straight A student, 
all of that. And it feels like I feel like I am having a midlife crisis Mm. at 32 because I started at five. Mm. (laughs) That's what one of my friends kind of described it as. And he was like, I feel like I'm hitting the wall that most people historically hit at 45 at 35 because Mm -hmm. I've been running this race for so long. And I think maybe that's what burnout is for a lot of millennials. It's replacing the midlife crisis Mm -hmm. where you wake up and you're trying to go get a Ferrari and quit your job and, you know, like find a new uh, mate spouse, like do all the things to try to figure out how you can make yourself happy because you just wake up one day and you realize like, this is not what I wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like some kind of knee jerk course correction midway through. So I'm like I said, I'm I'm, I know you're not speaking to me personally, but I feel like you're (laughs) speaking to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So before you tell us how we can cure our burnout and kind of shake that feeling, tell us about what led up to your feelings of burnout and your like burnout story and how you overcame it. I need, I need to hear about this. Yeah. So <laughs> where do I start? Ooh, okay. from the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I actually um, was at a job that was totally new. Um, I wasn't familiar with it. It was still in the healthcare realm, but it was a new side of healthcare that I was not used to. So I was excited. Naturally, it's a new job. Um, I was excited to learn. And this is usually how the stages of burnout go as well. So as I'm going Mm. through the story, I'll point out each one that kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So start off, I really love my job. You know, I get in, I'm eager to learn. I want to learn everything. I want to know the ins and outs, back front, all of the ups and downs, right? So um, in the learning, there wasn't really much stress. I was still, you know, very excited to be in the position, but I did see some early signs within the environment that I did not pay attention to at the time, but I still took note of them. I was like, huh, that's that's interesting how that works here. That's interesting, you know, how that situation made me feel. So in that, um, that was during my first year. During the second year, I was actually offered a promotion to move into a manager role. So never had been a manager before, number one. Um, Number two, didn't know really all the ins and outs of this department. Obviously, I'd just been there there a year. Um, And then we were also trying to do kind of like a savior from from falling grace because this department was going through some issues at the time. So not Mm -hmm. only did I have to hop in in the manager position, managing, you know, a small team of four at the time, of course, uh, they I called also... in a woman to come clean up. The <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> and that um, also had to figure out how to manage all the other things that I did not know about. So in that, it was really a lot of late nights, a lot of correcting some of the things that needed to be corrected. Um, a lot of long hours. I also had to commute at the time an hour each way. So that was a two hour drive from, you know, where I was. And so in the constant buildup, I knew the stress was happening, but I was still doing my, you know, exercising and trying to keep it balanced. I was still managing. And I'm not sure when the shift happened. However, I do know that I had allowed my boundaries to be crossed and I, I did mm. not um, speak up and set additional boundaries that needed to be set up. Mm. And so in that, I Was had that, taken Did on, that look like more like for you, like maybe taking taking more work than you should yes, have? Or Yeah, absolutely. So I was taking a lot more work um, that also was not mine. I also mm. had to assist a lot of people and kind of be like that on-call person um, that I was used to being all my life, but I was I didn't realize that that 
to the way I was all my life until I got into this position. Mm. So I didn't realize that I was always the person that's like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. I got it. I can do this. Oh yeah. You need that done. I'll get it done. Oh, you need me to, um, stay late close to, you know, 10 PM at night, sometimes close to 11. Oh no. What time did you get there at 5 PM? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Noon at least. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just constant back to back to back to back. And then on top of that, also not being, and this is part of what they call us millennials entitled because I've been called that. Um, It was part of the, you know, lack of appreciation, no acknowledgement for the work, um, no thank yous being given. It was just like on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And so in that, again, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew that I did not like walking to my car and sitting in the car and crying before I could drive home (laughs) Uh, to get, you know, to get to sleep, to do it all again in the morning. And I remember one night I came home to my couch and again, it was a crying night. I came home to my couch. I sat down. I told myself, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't do this. And I didn't know what that meant in the moment, but I was like, I'm getting to a point where it's very dangerous for my health. It's dangerous mentally as well. Cause I was not having the best thoughts at the time. You know, I was very overwhelmed and I said, you know, what if I just, what if they just didn't need me anymore, right? Like, mm. what if I just did not do it? Then they'd have to they'd have to figure out someone else to do it. Yeah. So um, in that point, I was like, okay, I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I don't want to think <laughs> that thought anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I said, what is this? I need to figure out what this is, and I need to figure out who could help me. Um, and so from there, like I said, I'm like, I, I did my search. I'm like, I'm feeling a loss of connection to my work. Uh, I'm feeling very sad. I'm feeling very tired. Uh, Within that year and a half, my eyes, both eyes had swollen up. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's just stress. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, so were you still enjoying the work? Like, did did. you still? I did. Mm. I did. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, However, over time, it got to a point where, again, when I did set the boundaries, now we're going up to the recovery piece, right? Like when Mm -hmm. I did set the boundaries, um, when I did ask for the help that I needed, when I did start to restructure how I was managing everything, um, some people didn't like it. (laughs) Some people thought, you know, well, I don't know what's wrong with Tiffany. Mm. I don't know why she's acting all different. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so in doing that, still loving the work, still enjoying what I did, I was able to add in more of the practices. The first thing I had to do was get rest though. I had to get rest. (laughs) I had to make sure that I was well fed, that I wasn't eating junk food because I was also eating horribly at the time. Mm. I started like drinking wine more like wine Mm. is great, but (laughs) (laughs) not when I needed just, you know, every night to kind of calm my Mm. nerves or use that as a clutch or a crutch in some way. And so I I refocused on what I wanted to do. So I started moving Mm. slower. I took my time with things. I paused before I said yes to anything. Um, I reevaluated how I wanted to show up every day. That was also a different thing, a new thing for me. Cause I would just go into work and be like, all right, let's go. Mm. And I had to take a step back and say, no, how, what do I want to do? How do I want to feel today? And it was doing that really for a year, year and a half, close to two years and being very intentional and realizing, is this the job that I want or is this not the job that I want? And I realized it wasn't the job that I wanted because the environment itself wasn't shifting. Even as I was offering potential strategies to help, even though my other teammates were also suffering. So it was really an effort, not only for myself, once I healed, I also wanted to put that in our department as well. Mm. And then when I realized that shift wasn't happening, when I realized the boundaries were consistently being tried (laughs) (laughs) ignored 
ignored, stepped on. Um, I, I made a decision to, to leave. And, you know, I knew that I was going to leave. I just didn't know when it was going to happen, but it happened when it needed to. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I love that story, girl. I do. I I have a question, too, about now that you're out of it, right? Now that you've had time to reflect, you've had time to go to counseling and and really get a handle on what was going on. Did were you able to pinpoint why you were crying after work? Like, was it just your body like releasing so much energy that you had built up throughout the day? Or what was the cause of that? Because I remember one of my jobs that I had early on in my career, I was crying every day, but it was crying to work. Like, oh Lord, like, <laughs> I gotta be here again. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. just curious as to what caused your body to be like in that state after work. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what you said. After dealing with all the different energies. Because I, I was in a department, even though our department that I managed was small, I oversaw a department of 92, 93 physicians. Wow. So in that, it was managing not only the work, but managing the other emotions of all the other people around me. <laughs> and yeah. I know for me, I'm an empath. So I had to learn how to cut and block things off. But back then, I didn't really know how to do that appropriately. So I would take on a lot, then I would be exhausted. And then I would feel bad that nobody knows what I'm doing or understands what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. so it would just be all these different layers of, I feel so alone and um, misunderstood that that was the only way that I knew how to get it out. I'm also an emotional person. So I'll cry at a puppy video, but that's happy tears. (laughs) (laughs) But when I am, when I am tired, when I'm angry, when I am sad, that is the way, like you said, that I release. And that is the way that I get it out. I've had many yoga sessions that I had to release in tears, meditative session. I released in tears, therapeutic journaling sessions. All of that just had to be released from my body in order for me to then go up and show up the next day to then do mm. it all again. <laughs> mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that I really, cause you really do that energy has to go somewhere. And I feel like as women, as women of color, as black women, we hold so much in throughout mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Like I will sometimes witness my colleagues of other, you know, ethnicities or genders and they're just saying whatever comes to and, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm looking at them like, I cannot even believe that you just said that out loud. Right. right. And then yes. there are days when you come to work and you're like, I want to do that. I want to say whatever I want to say. But there's always that fear in the back of your mind that you can't get away with the things that other folks can. And so you just end up carrying with you throughout the day so much and I always my mom hates this but I always be like mom I I need to tell you you know and it's just like me letting everything go throughout Mm -hmm. the day and she's like you really need to get a therapist and I'm like dang like if you can't if you can't vent to your mama right then who can (laughs) you vent to you really need to you know but it's it's just every day kind of releasing and letting go of all the things that you wanted to say but couldn't or didn't Mm -hmm. and then on top of that like you said like taking on extra tasks all the time and I think that sometimes that stems from a deep desire especially I think amongst women to feel like you have to prove yourself oh yeah and that you have to go above and beyond to be respected. When I, I started doing this at work, I said, <laughs> look, this was this what I started doing to release myself. OK, I used the white men in my department as a litmus test. I said, if they not raising their hand, neither am I. That was my litmus test for everything. I would always look. Okay, yeah, no, I'm good. You, you do yeah. it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, look over and be like, is Joey doing it? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. And then mm-hmm. don't ask me because if you ask me why I'm not doing it, my answer always because Joey not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ask 
Joey. Why, Joey, why aren't you participating? That's right. why I'm not participating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think we automatically think like it's our job to jump in to hop in to save the world to do all the things but nobody else feels that way right they not raising a hand and i'm like wait i'm I'm mad at joey for not participating but i just need to be more like joey exactly exactly (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and that's what your story reminded me of like just holding all these things in and carrying it in and then like that cry every day just your body's way of just like pushing it all out yeah and I remember there was an instance where I did I had a little respectful snapback and I got called rude and nasty and so I was like oh well I won't ever you know it's a very it, it it was a place that didn't allow me to be me. And in that I had to be contained. I had to be uh, put in this particular box or idea. Cause if I stepped out of it, it was a problem. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how did you, I know you kind of touched on it, but like not only did, how did you overcome it, but what advice do you have for us in overcoming burnout and what like actionable steps can we take to get past this. Cause I felt, like I said, I feel like you've been talking about me for the last 35 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> Please. But yeah. So as I mentioned, one of the first things that I always recommend and encourage is to take it slow. And what do I mean by that? I mean that there's no need for you to engage in any additional activities at the end of your day or beginning of your day if you are exhausted. So Mm. in waking up in the morning, you might want to slowly get out of bed instead of just popping up, right? You want to actually wake up, allow your body to come alive and come into the day. Um, At nighttime, you wanna make sure that you set up a particular routine that allows your body to decompress at the end of the day. So whether that means uh, being very present to making a meal, being very present to engaging in some type of yoga, allowing your body or stretching even, so your body's not too worked up or energized because it really doesn't have that much energy in the first place. Mm. Um, It's really a lot about resetting your nervous system in that beginning stages, depending on how far along you are in your burnout. Um, So that might look like meditating, uh, doing some mindful activities, like I mentioned, taking a walk. And this is not, this is not necessarily for a calorie burn. <laughs> this is to, like I said, <laughs> reset your nervous system and slow down. Mm. Uh, definitely getting your sleep back on track. So how are your sleeping habits? What do you need uh, to support better sleep at night? Making sure that you are increasing your hydration. Uh, mm. You may also want to get checked to make sure you don't have any vitamin deficiencies. So D, E, Uh, zinc, we want to make sure that vitamin A, we want to make sure that those are well nourished in our bodies, allowing us to function. Um, You could Mm. also do now if you're feeling like you have a little bit more energy, you've kind of, you feel a little bit better and you're ready to take on some physical activity, then try, you know, going for a run, engaging in some of those things that you like. Uh, I'm a big fan of dance cardio because it allows me to like mm. shake loose and yes. have fun without the running. I'm not a running girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I love I love to dance. It's a freedom. It's an expression. Um, you could definitely also engage in um, additional support from families and friends. So I know in the beginning, I didn't want to be around anyone like when I was going through burnout, I was like, leave me alone. I don't feel like talking to you. <laughs> but I realized in my burnout recovery, I needed that support. I needed mm-hmm. someone to to just take a listen for a few minutes uh, who also wanted to listen, who also allowed me to listen to their story. Um, like I mentioned, therapy is huge. Coaching is another support. So finding different ways to have a support system. Um, and then also evaluating your boundaries at work and at home and within yourself. So really Mm. check in to see where is my energy being um, given to? What is my energy being given to? And does it really need to go in that direction? And Mm. it might look different day to day and week to week. 
So I always talk about, you know, you have a gas tank. So where are you going to allow that gas to be given up? Is it going to be in your exercise? Is it going to be um, in cooking a meal or meal prepping for the day? Um, is it going to be sitting down and having a conversation with your partner or your spouse? Right. So you want to make sure. Who got time sure... for that? Who got time for it? <laughs> Who got time trying to find a partner? Girl. <laughs> we burnt out. You can. <laughs> <laughs> So you definitely want to make sure that you, you know, evaluating those boundaries that you set for yourself and um, even more in depth, like we met, uh, you mentioned at the end of it, is recognizing that you can't do it all. I think that's the biggest thing. You can't do it all, all at once. You can probably try to do it all over time. It may not happen as fast as you want it to. Uh, you might not get the effects right away. You might not get the results that you want right away. But I think allowing ourselves to know that it just takes time to recover um, and it also takes time to just get things done in general will give ourselves some some grace in, in moving in our day to day lives. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like after hearing all of that the thing that just keeps running through my mind is that we as a generation are just a bunch of pressure cookers. Like we just, mm -hmm. <laughs> we yeah. are just all holding in so much that we are all one wrong sideways look away from just the top, just busting off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because in the beginning you described burnout as if stress is a cycle I guess as you said where mm -hmm. you know you get all hyped up and then you're supposed to recover and you get all hyped up and then you're supposed to recover and then there's no recovery and so it's just like you're just always hyped you're always I, hyped I, yes, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. and so we're just these little pressure cookers of all these emotions just constantly building and building and building until you're a mess yeah yeah. And mm. the pressure cooker is, is building up in your body and your system's raising and you're wondering why you have high blood pressure. Ooh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or are you bald? Yeah. So you or you can't poop. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All kind of things. Oh my God. This has been a really great conversation. Like this has been so good. I'm so glad that you've been able to join us today. So if we specifically want to work with you to help improve our burnout, how do we find you? How do we work with you? Yes. So on my Instagram, you can find me at Tiffany coaches. That's all together at Tiffany coaches. And I always offer a free one-on-one -on -one sessions, intro sessions. Those I'm telling you, those are my favorite because a lot of people come to me and they really don't know what's going on. But by the time we get to the end of it, they've kind of relaxed a bit, a little bit. They're so happy that they've been able to get some things off their chest. And I always leave the end um, with giving them an actionable step and making sure mm. that they actually take something, you know, from the conversation. So if you'd like to even just talk to me for a free session, you got to get some things off for the last two years you haven't been able to get off. <laughs> um, just contact me. You can send me a direct message on Instagram and you can get that scheduled. And then also I'm going to be excitingly uh, for this okay. year opening up some group coaching because part, like I mentioned, part of that burnout recovery is definitely having that support um, and having that community support. And so when you have other people kind of going through the same things as you, you all can lean on one another and have your back or have each other's back in that way as well. And I'll be there to, to guide you through it. Mm, I'm, I feel like I got my free session today, but can I get one yes, more? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Each awesome. person is different. <laughs> yeah. And so I also put all your information in the show notes. So if you want to work with Tiffany, find her on IG, but also make sure you check the show notes for links and more information about where you can find her. So before we let you go, we have to do our sugar-free quickies. <laughs> yes. And that is a series of either or questions that I ask at the end of every episode. And you have to choose either or. It's not optional. You can't say both. It's yes okay. or no, either or. Okay. 
Okay. So for date night, are you doing a nice dinner or Netflix and chill? Oh, Netflix and chill. For everybody, Netflix and then chilling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny because most of the women I know want to be taken out on a date, but every time you ask, they want to Netflix and chill. Yeah. If there's one or the other, definitely Netflix and chill. It's just I so know. comfy. I mean, and we burnt out. We tired. We don't want to get dressed. It's that part. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I feel you. Okay. So for rest and relaxation, mountain cabin retreat or sunny beach resort for rest and relaxation mm-hmm. i think a mountain cabin would be nice mm. that sounds very quiet touche yeah touche i've always wanted to do a mountain cabin Me type too. retreat type thing but i've never if 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 uh Tiffany coaches, you know, does a group coaching session in the mountains. Let me know. Hey, okay. <laughs> Giving me ideas. Yes. A group <laughs> retreat. That might be fun. Oh, a group singles yes. retreat. Too. Might meet might meet oh. you somebody. Girl. Might be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple more. Would you rather in your downtime read a book or watch a movie? Downtime, I'm watching a movie. I'm a big movie, movie freak. Mm-hmm. I love movies. Gotcha. I wish we hadn't talked about this during the episode, but it was, would you rather go for a run or take a dance fit class? Or- oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, dance fit. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I figured. But, um, you know, it was one of the questions. So the final question is when you're feeling drowsy at around 3 p.m., would you rather drink some coffee or take a short walk? Yeah, I'm taking a short walk. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I recommend for everybody to do. Get up and get outside if you can. Same. I'm not a coffee. I'm not a caffeine drinker at all because it makes me sick. So I've had to navigate college, grad school, the bar and practicing law without any caffeine. Wow. Wow. The struggle. That's a superhero. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. This has truly been such an amazing episode. Again, make sure you connect with Tiffany so that you can get your life together. Pretty much after this episode, I can safely say that every single person I know between the ages of 25 and 42 have smooth sailed way past burnout and have landed on burnt to a crisp. Okay. Just fried, die, and laid to the, laid to the side, child. We all wore out. But one thing that does bring me some sense of peace is knowing that one thing millennials is not afraid to do is to ask for what we need and to demand better for ourselves. So I will sleep good tonight at a reasonable hour because that's what Tiffany told us to do. I'm going to sleep good tonight at a reasonable hour knowing that we know how to say no And we know how to get what we want. So thank you all for joining us. And be sure to check back in next week for another great episode, plenty of real talk, and of course, more of the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party, and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, ay, with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free.
Meet small business owner Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your Formally Form or template today.